Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey again, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good, good. Spring practice, four days away. Four days. Four days. That's awesome. It's fantastic stuff. want to thank everybody for making this place the first place you listen when it comes to podcasts. also want to thank runyourpool.com for sponsoring this podcast. We will talk about them very, very shortly. But, uh, Jimmy, let's let's jump into a little basketball here. No sense in going back and rehashing this whole LSU game <laughs> or the A&M game or any of these – practically any game. Um, but – so now I think, okay, regular season's done. I did a solo podcast yesterday, and um, I basically said, look, we need to just reboot. Um, regular season's over. It wasn't awful. I mean, it wasn't the best regular season we ever had. That's okay. It, it wasn't. And, um, yeah, there were some disappointments in there. But there was also some happy moments. So I'm choosing to focus on the happy, positive vibes only. And um, so now we get to reboot. We get to go to the SEC tournament. Unfortunately, we're on Kentucky's side of the bracket, which is something you never, ever want to be on when it comes to SEC tournament. Um, annual for us, though. What? It's annual for us. I mean, it I, is. I, do I, I don't remember a tournament where we weren't on Kentucky's side of the bracket. We haven't beaten Kentucky in the SEC tournament that I read since, is it 02 or 92 or 82? One of the twos. I mean, uh, we haven't beat beaten Kentucky in, in a long, long time. Yeah, in the I'm SEC thinking 02 as in 1902. But um, anywho, so Jimmy, who is your who's your MVP for the team this year? Seems like an easy answer, right? You know, it, it's changed over the past two or three weeks, and I hate having recency effect be be a factor. You know, when because I think for most of the season, I'd have said Jaden Shackelford because he was the leading scorer and he he plays the most minutes and he's the oldest guy, but. I think now that the regular season is completely in the books and I factor in the other end of the floor, you know, you know, you only play offense half the time you play defense half the time too. So for that reason, uh, I might be in the minority minority, but I'm going to go with Keon Ellis as the MVP of the season simply because he's by far our best defender. And while he hasn't been the scorer, we hoped he would turn into, uh, he still, uh, you know, shot the ball pretty well. His percentage is good. I don't think he takes enough shots. I wish he'd be more aggressive offensively because I think offensively he's actually one of our more gifted guys. He just doesn't take the shots. Imagine if Keon took all the shots that Shaq takes. I mean, Shaq is our volume shooter. Uh, I, I just think uh, overall, particularly factoring both both sides of the floor, the best player on our team this year was, was Keon Ellis. Hey, you're muted. Dude, I am muted. muted. You're right. I'm not going to edit this, so I'm sorry. That's it's just going to be me muted for a second. This is me trying to take care of the listener, muting me. <laughs> uh, so, like, if I sneeze or something when Jimmy's talking, it's fine. And anywho, it, it, y'all don't want to hear all that. Feel free uh, to my sneeze. Jaden Shackelford, I think, is rather easy. Um, Keon Ellis, he's played well these last two games. The the problem with that is we lost both of them. Um, and so I, I, I feel like this is an easy answer. It is Jaden Shackelford. He is the leading scorer. 
Um, I would like it for him to take a little bit more of a leadership role. Um, obviously, he could be a little better than he is. That's why another reason I want him to come back next year. But overall, good, really nice year for Jaden Shackelford. Really, I mean, not a bad year for Keon Ellis. It wasn't the year we wanted him to have, though. Let's let's call a spade a spade. Um, we did want him to be uh, a little bit more assertive all the way around. But these last couple of games, he's picked it up. But as I mentioned on this podcast a few times, every time somebody steps up for these basketball teams, it seems like two other dudes step back. So, uh, you know, that's it's not you're not going to make any progress that way. Uh, how would you grade Nate Oates' performance? I mean, you know, give it a serious grade, not a homer grade. Give it a real <laughs> grade. First of all, we got to remember this. The bar is set higher now, and it's set higher because of Nate Oates. Nate set the bar higher. It'd be kind of like if the football team all of a sudden goes eight and four or nine and three, while at other places that might be celebrated, that would be an undeniable disaster for Alabama football right now. That would be the Titanic, uh, not crashing into the Hindenburg, but a school bus full of children, and they all sink to the bottom of the ocean and then explode like the Hindenburg. That's what would happen if the football team was eight and four, and that's because of the bar that Nick Saban has set. And, and similarly, different, but similarly, the bar was reset at Alabama because of Nate's success. So Nate's grade, you have to factor that in. Uh, I, I've already said this, and I, I'll stick with this. I think a few years from now, Nate might admit this was not his best coaching job. I think he's had a failure to communicate with this specific bunch. Uh, didn't seem to be a Nate problem in the past, but it seems to be one now. So I tend to blame the chemistry of this bunch. Nate is clearly frustrated. His own quotes in the post games after the losses uh, lately, he has uh, shared his frustration with coaching this team. He suspended Jaswan Holt this past weekend. Holt did not make the trip to Baton Rouge. Uh, so now another player is suspended, which I think is, again, probably nothing. But when you combine it with all the other issues, it, it's it's something. I mean, Nate, Nate just has some sort of communication issue with this team. They don't play like he wants them to play, and he's frustrated with it. I, I think if you can say – that coaches, somebody might say Nick Saban did his best coaching job in 2021, coaching around those injuries and getting Alabama to the national championship game despite a very average offensive line. Well, if coaches can have their best years, they can have their worst years too. And uh, I, I think uh, Nate just uh, didn't have, doesn't have great communication with this particular bunch. And uh, we just did not replace Herb Jones as a defender and specifically as the leader of the team, Herb was just not replaced. You know, it's funny you bring up Jason Holt because a buddy of mine that I was calling the games with it for the AHSA finals, uh, Alabama fan, and he waxed poetic about Jason Holt. He's like, I, I wish he'd play more. Why isn't he playing? Now, at the time, uh, we had the Alabama LSU game on while we were calling another game. You know, we had it on the computer while we were calling the high school game. Probably shouldn't admit that, but I do. Uh, that's how much of a bammer I am. And um, so, and and I, you know, I agreed with him to an extent. I mean, and, and in the moment I was just like, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, in fact, I've bragged about Holt some on this podcast that he knows his role well. But I think his um, outlook, his perception of Jason Holt versus most everybody else's perception is the way this team is is so helter-skelter. Like, nobody really knows who the MVP is. Yeah, I, I said it's easy. 
but it's really not that easy because Shackelford didn't have a great year defensively necessarily. Um, and he also, uh, while he was, like you said, a volume shooter, the bad news about a volume shooter is that implies they got to shoot a lot of shots to get in their rhythm. And he has to shoot a lot of shots, meaning taking shots away from other people who may be hotter at the time. And um, Keon Ellis is probably our best defender, is um, he, he probably is the most athletic, uh, but he also had his down moments. Deshaun Holt, while he would come in, uh, when he came in, I felt like he knew his role well. When he did shoot, it was 50-50. If it was going to hit the rim, forget making right. it. He was, he, I mean, I don't know what his field goal percentage is, but it cannot be good. And I don't even want to look it up because I don't want to prove myself wrong. I'd rather y'all not look it up either and just listen to me here and just know <laughs> what I'm saying is fact. Um, but, you know, I think that, uh, like, some people are thrilled to death Noah Gurley's coming back. Some people are like, um, we kind of need that spot. The whole thing is so, it's mass confusion. And I think that goes back to uh, what you were saying with Oates. And that's why, you know, look, I'm going to give him. Uh, I'm going to give him a B minus for this year, with potential to go up to a B plus. Um, but uh, it's a B pending B minus uh, because, uh, boy, you give he gets a lot of credit for beating Gonzaga, beating Baylor, beating Houston. But man, if you don't deduct points for the Missouri, Georgia, A and M at home by 16, if you don't deduct points for that, or the deduct points for. Uh, whether JD is supposed to have the basketball IQ to know about the shot clock at the end of LSU is one thing. Whether or not they told him is another thing. That has to be communicated so clearly that JD can't have that kind of mistake. And so um, well, I yeah, love I've some, I'll, I've learned over the years, though, about that JD thing. This is, just, this is just me talking. This isn't something I know from inside, but I've just learned this. Those, those guys, they cover for their players. They cover for their yeah, players. Sure. And, and that's the right that's the right thing to do, by the way. It's the wrong thing for a coach to say. We told him there was four seconds on the clock, and he still didn't shoot it. That's yeah, that's the right. wrong thing to do. He's he, he he's good at his job. He knows he's protecting JD. They told him. I, I I'll believe that forever. <laughs> they now, they told him. And, 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 hey, it's a stressful thing to be out there. This this game's a lot easier to play from your couch. Let me say this too. Let me just throw this out there. Um, I have reason to suspect. Not that, you know, Nate Oates is on the precipice of leaving or going to Louisville or any of that stuff. I do, and I also have a sneaky suspicion that our fans are kind of hard to deal with for him right now. That, I mean, if, if I'm Nate Oates, I look around and go, hey, guys, um, yeah, okay, we had some disappointing losses. We did. But, and we're, but we're about to be a five or six seed in the, in the NCAA tournament, and we're going back-to-back NCAAs for the first time in God knows how long. I won the SEC regular season. I won the regular season last year. Won the tournament the same year. That really happens for anybody outside of Kentucky. And um, we got the number three recruiting class coming in. So how about cutting me a little slack? I don't like the way a lot of our fans are attacking him necessarily. And I know I say that when I just gave him a B minus, but at the same time, boy, okay, I'm gonna bump him up to a B just so I'm not a jackass. And and uh, <laughs> but in case he's listening. But no, my point is that I think our fans need to understand. We need to look big picture here. Quit, quit trying to you know live in the failure of losing to Missouri, losing to Georgia, losing to A and M, and try to understand big picture. We're pretty damn good as a program. And where would you like us to be, Georgia? Okay. Anyway, Jimmy, 
It's the first time in 32 years, 32 years since we've been in back-to-back tournaments with seeds this good. So it is, it is by any measure because the NCAA seeding system is a great way to measure what your regular season was like. You're seeded based on exactly what your resume is. And this is the first time in 32 years Alabama's made the tournament back-to-back years with seeds as high as two and six, assuming that it's it's six. I mean, it's a six now. You lose to Vandy, it could it could fall maybe. But uh, that's you know the best back-to-back seasons in 32 years, and people are are complaining. I mean, I understand. There's a difference between being frustrated and being upset, and uh, I, I think everybody is frustrated because the team doesn't play its best all the time, and Nate's frustrated. But our program has not been in this good of shape in decades. So uh, I, I'm forgiving Nate a B and forgiving him a lifetime contract at the same yeah, time. Agreed. Okay. Now I'm also going to give you a D minus for reading the room and understanding that I have to do this live read right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh yes. Feel free. <laughs> Thank Feel you. Free. Um, look, I want to talk about stat hero right now. You know, a few years ago I had Arizona to win the national championship back when they had uh, DeAndre Ayton. They lost in the first round to Nate Oates and Buffalo. Nate Oates. That's right. Uh, my bracket was busted right then and there. Uh, you know, it, it's it's just the way it is. But, you know, if you go to Stat Hero, they have NCAA single-game pickums that pits the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. Take contr- back control from those handicappers that always seem to have the advantage. Start focusing on the players you know best with a gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. Stat Hero gives you advantage, resulting in their gamers winning four times more often. Why? Because Stat Hero eliminates the mystery about who or what you are going up against. In addition to their pick'em games, they also have dozens of lineups you can come through to take on head-to-head. These they simply post sets of players for you to take on with a set of players you choose. That's pretty cool. The simple, sleek gameplay will have you playing in minutes. This is what daily fantasy is meant to be. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on for 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on for a 100% match. Stathero.com slash locked on. Promo code locked on. Terms and conditions might apply. Okay. Also want everybody to check out the Bracket Breakdown Show. Uh, That's going to be out there on the Locked On Network. You need to check that out. Jimmy, um, we got to make this a quick segment. So what are your prospects for both the NCAA and SEC tournament? I should have done those reverse, but you know what I mean. Yeah, uh, SEC tournament, uh, you know, we'll play the Vanderbilt Georgia winner. I, I hope it's Georgia. I don't think it will be Georgia, and there's just one reason. Uh, I think our team knows that the low point of of the year was the Georgia loss. I'd like to get another shot at Georgia because I think they would take out their frustrations a little bit on Georgia, um, trying to make up for what happened in Athens. Uh, But I also don't think Georgia will beat Vanderbilt. Uh, Vanderbilt's playing really well down the stretch. They're a good team. They're a better team than Georgia. And I suspect Vandy will win Wednesday. uh, And we will play Vanderbilt again Thursday night. Uh, A little bit of a tough matchup for us because Pippen, and and uh and the other guard, I think his name's Jordan. Uh, it, it, they they're they're we have to guard better in the backcourt than we have all year. And they're they're Vandy's best players. Their seven foot center is a tough matchup for Betty Ako. Uh, so I think Vandy is a tough matchup for us. Pippen is a fantastic player. Uh, 
we got to guard him better than we did down the stretch uh, the last time. Maybe put Keon on him. Uh, but I, 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 I we're, we're, we'll be favored to beat Vanderbilt. We should be. We should beat Vanderbilt. They are a good team, but we should win. And then we get our traditional SEC tournament <laughs> matchup with Kentucky. We might as well just put it on the schedule before the, just you know, really. when the regular season schedule's announced. We ought to just write down SEC tournament, play Kentucky. Uh, it'll be our third matchup, and we'll be an underdog. We deserve it uh, in the sense Kentucky's just a better team. I mean, they could win the national championship very easily. They're 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 a really talented bunch. Tough matchup for us, but we're due. We're due for a great shooting night, and and, and that's what it's going to take. We'll have to have the makeup night, the night that everything falls, Shaq, shots fall, Quinterly Shaqs fall, J.D. Shaqs fall, Keon. Uh, everybody will have to play well to beat Kentucky. The good news is Kentucky, as an anticipated one or two seed, uh, you lose to Kentucky, you're, you're not dinged at all as far as the NCAA tournament goes. Uh, we would maintain, likely, whatever seeding we had going in. It's not going to hurt you. Uh, you'd still be a, uh, you know, probably a six uh, going into the tournament, which is, again, highest back-to-back seeds in back-to-back years for us in 32 years. Um, yeah, I agree. I'd, I'd, I'd rather play Georgia, obviously, um, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think we're going to play Vanderbilt, and then we do move on to play Kentucky. I think it's going to be very tough. We do seem to play Kentucky a ton every single year. I'm sort of sick of that. Um, but it is what it is, and, uh, you know, maybe – a lot of Kentucky fans will have trouble getting down to Tampa or something. I think it's. I think that place is going to be pretty barren uh, until really? Kentucky gets there, at least until Kentucky starts playing. Yeah, I'm not happy with. I mean, I understand that they have to move it around, and I understand why, and it's probably bid out to an extent, and and I get that. Uh, but I just personally enjoy, even though I haven't been in, in you know a while, and I'm not going this year. But uh, I enjoy the SEC tournament annually being in Nashville. I think that's a perfect central location for yes. everyone in the league no one has a real home court advantage there uh and it, it's great for the fans because that that if you haven't been there bridgestone arena is right on broadway right where all the bars and restaurants are in nashville it's just a great place you can stay downtown never leave downtown and, and be walking distance to everything uh, including all the nashville entertainment uh to me, they ought to just permanently stick that thing in Nashville because it's just the ideal location for the SEC tournament. I'm happy for Tampa that they get to host this thing. But like you said, Luke, I mean, it's I, I can't imagine that that there will be a lot of fans around the league, with the exception of Kentucky. They travel to everything. It, it will be a blue arena as it always is. Uh, the Kentucky fans will be there, but uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not huge on on Tampa as the selection here. Jimmy, March Madness is only a week away. That means you need to start thinking now about where you're going to be running your brackets this year. Are you going for the usual or are you looking for the best? We've done our homework here at Locked On, and we're running brackets with RunYourPool.com. Along with standard brackets, Run Your Pool offers game types like Survivor or Pick X, both really fun in their own way. They have options to edit scoring, and they offer more intel to make your picks. All the stuff you won't find at places like ESPN or CBS. If you've got a business, RunYourPool.com can help you take some of that March madness magic and play alongside your employees or even gain customers plus they offer full white glove customer support custom branding and one of the easiest three minute setups you'll ever find clearly we believe run your pool is the best because like i said we're doing that with locked on if you want to play against us for a shot at a cash prize 
point us at runyourpool.com backslash locked over there. Create your own pool for your friends and enter pure madness at checkout for $10 off that custom pool. That's runyourpool.com backslash locked on. Then I want to tell you about bet online. Look, football's over. We all know this. But basketball, full steam ahead, both pro and college. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance, props to where the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is a source for hockey, boxing, UFC, whatever you want. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline is where the game starts. All right, Jimmy, uh, quickest segment in the history of this podcast, uh, any <laughs> recruiting talk? Uh, yeah, we had a huge visitor uh, list this weekend, uh, including several out-of-state five-stars. It was an impressive uh, group that was in. Uh, no one has committed publicly from from the weekend. Uh, my favorite uh, comments from the weekend, though, came from a junior uh, from, uh, from IMG Academy. He actually lives in New York and is attending IMG, a corner named Ellis Robinson, uh, a potential five-star in the 2024 class. Uh, he loves him some Alabama. I think he said after visiting Tuscaloosa this weekend, he said, I perfectly now understand why Alabama is such a dominant program and so consistent year to year. So Ellis was really uh, bragging on, on the program, and he's a kid that I think we're very likely to see as part of our 2024 class. Also, a picture, I'll send it to you, Luke, and, and some of y'all might have seen it on Twitter. I think I got it from Andrew Bone's Twitter feed if you guys want to check that out. But the picture of the eighth grader that was visiting from New Orleans, I, I've been following high school football my whole life. I, I've never, ever in my life seen an eighth grader built like that kid. Uh, un, unreal. And uh, the fact that we even had an eighth grader as part of the group that was visiting this past weekend, unbelievable. He's from New Orleans. Uh, it will not be the last uh, that we see or certainly hear of him. This kid, uh, I don't know. I, he looked uh, he looked not only 6'4", 260, but physically mature. Like if you if you were looking at him and you thought he was a picture of a high school junior or senior, you'd be like, wow, he's a dude. Now this guy's in the eighth grade. He's in the class of 2026. Uh, so that was just sort of the highlights, obviously. That kid's a, a few years away from making a decision, most likely. You know, it's crazy that Saban's putting so much effort into those dudes, and I love it. But, I mean, there's part of the realist in me is saying, how the hell is Nick Saban going to coach this guy? I guess he is, because like I said, he is – I'm pretty sure now Nick Saban was built by Tesla. Um, he just runs on electricity, and that's the way it is. I don't know. But, uh, anywho – yeah, just interesting stuff, and we'll have a lot more recruiting to talk I mean, about here. Most likely, Brian Kelly won't be coaching at Notre Dame by the time this guy rolls around. I mean, yeah, but for different reasons. Yeah, different reasons. Yeah, but in terms of math and history and logic and the average tenure of today's Power Five head coach, chances are even Brian Kelly won't be at LSU by the time uh, this kid uh, is ready to enroll in college. That's right. It's funky stuff, man. Um, all right, buddy. That's going to do it for this episode. Roll Tide, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Roll Tide.